Last night we started off by talking about the wreck of our modern culture, the absurdity of our modern culture, really the outright wickedness of our modern culture that we are living in right now. Well, the question was, how did we get to this point? How did this happen? And why does it now seem to be escalating with such force? And that's the question as we survey the culture that we're living in today. Well, last night I told you it is the result really of a crafty scheme of Satan to destroy our homes. That's how we got here. That is why it seems to be escalating in our day. It is a crafty scheme of Satan to destroy our homes. I told you that when the home fails, the result is the culture also fails. The culture falls apart and much sorrow, much hurt, and much chaos then prevails. Well, that's the day we're living in. Look around. These are our days. Last night, I also told you that Satan's attack on the home started with an attack on the institution of marriage. And and the truth is, when you destroy God's plan for marriage, when you destroy God's truth of marriage, the home cannot last. Now, I want to tell you, I believe that If you destroy the institution of marriage, if you destroy God's plan for marriage, uh, the home will be right behind it and the home will not last. Well, Satan knew that. Satan knows that. And so he seeks to destroy God's institution of marriage. Now, be sure, hear me tonight. His attack is an all-out attack. And I want you to be sure of that. It is an all-out attack. And so, therefore, he attacks all the parties of marriage. But tonight, I want you to hear me. And this is a truth that I will tell you rattles me. This is a truth that stirs me up. This is a truth I think we need to preach. We need to get the message out. I I think this is a truth that we need to understand in our world today. I believe Satan's master plan for the destruction of the culture through the destruction of the home, through the destruction of marriage, comes down to the destruction of the biblical role of man. And that's what I believe. There may be some folks that have different ideas. That's what I believe. Today we are missing in great number godly, committed, unashamed men that will stand on the word of God. You want to know what's wrong in our marriages? You want to know what's wrong in our homes? You want to know what's wrong in our culture? We are missing in great number today godly, committed, unashamed men that will stand on the word of God. My friends, listen tonight. God will give us a revival. God will give us Christian homes. God will bless our churches, move in our churches. God will give us blessings untold when we see a generation of Christian men stand on the word of God. Tonight our message is entitled, Marriage Matters, Part 2. Part 1 was last night, Marriage Matters, Part 2. Tonight we have just one verse, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. I want to say this again, and I want you to hear this. Who should listen to this sermon? Who should pay attention to this sermon. We not say, well, tonight it's for men. Tonight it's for the husband. They should listen. I want to tell you, any man who 
is married, has been married, might be married, or has influence of somebody that might join into the institution of marriage ought to hear this message. Any woman, any lady, any female who is married, who has been married, who might be married, or who has influence over somebody else that also might be married should hear this message. This is the truth that all of us need to be sure and confident in. Marriage Matters, part two, tonight, 1 Peter chapter 3, one verse, verse 7. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. God's Word says this, You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come tonight, and we come on a Friday night. We come on, on a night when a lot of folks are busy, when a lot of things are going on. We come, and we want to put our eyes on you. We want to think about you. We want to worship you. Lord, we come, and we want to hear from you. And so with anticipation tonight, we come and ask you, Lord, to speak to us through your word. I pray we'd be instructed tonight. I pray we would be built up tonight. I pray that the fruit of this night would be homes, men, women, families, people who live for the honor of God and live to point to Jesus Christ. And I pray that's the fruit of this evening. Lord, we come and I, I pray as we open up your word that you would speak that it would truly be your voice, your word, and anything else that would be faded out, but we would hear your voice tonight. And then again, I pray that it would bear a great impact. Lord, we tell you we love you, and we worship you, and we thank you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So we begin tonight. I, I think it is very telling that in a letter that is written to encourage believers to stand, in a letter that's written to encourage believers to be stirred up in a lost culture, that God addresses the subject of marriage. Now think about that. Of all the things he could have talked about, of all the things that he could have deemed as necessary, important, in a letter to stir people up to stand in a lost culture, he addresses the subject of marriage. I think that is very telling. I think that shows us how important this is. Last night in our verses, God addressed the role of the wife in marriage. Well, tonight we do the flip side of that. Tonight he moves to the role of the husband in marriage. All right, let's go to our verse. We're going to move piece by piece through it. Back to verse 7. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Now, I want to read that verse a second time. I want you to listen to it. Uh, take it in. You husbands, in the same way, live with your wives in an understanding way, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered. Okay, let's look at the verse tonight. It starts off and it says, you husbands. Again, it's addressing the husbands. Again, 
it is for the husbands. You husbands, and then it says, in the same way. In the same way. Now notice here, this is a phrase that has now been repeated several times. As Peter is teaching, he says, in the same way. Now understand, he has been instructing in how to live in a way that honors God. He has been instructing how to live in a way that points to Jesus. We have seen that movement across our verses. Be sure tonight, in all areas, okay, we're going to look at a specific area tonight, but understand, in all areas, in all things, as believers, that is our goal, to live in a way that honors God and to live in a way that points to Jesus. Whatever you're doing, whatever area you find yourself in, that is our mission. Well, he told the wives last night how to do those things in marriage. Now listen, as a Christian, we express his mission in the thing we're doing. If it's in your career, we, we honor God in that. We point to Jesus in that. Well, in marriage, he has shown last night the wives how to honor God, how to point to Jesus in that. Now he tells the husbands how to do those same two things in the institution of marriage. So it says, in the same way, live with your wives. Now, we might miss this, and I think sometimes this verse, this seventh verse, and we just pass over it too quickly, we might miss uh, some of the things that are happening here. Notice this, it's worth looking at. It says, Live with your wives. Now, live with your is actually one Greek word. I always think that's interesting. Uh, when we see something, we think it has all these words. Well, it takes all of our English words to give us that understanding. It is actually one Greek word. Live with your, one Greek word, wives. Now, see this. This is describing and this is declaring the truth of marriage. Now, you're going to wonder, why do we just have one verse tonight? We're trying to get to the end in 16 more days. This verse is that loaded. This, this one phrase is describing and it is declaring the truth of marriage. Listen to me. Marriage is not two people living together. Marriage is not two people residing under one roof. When people live together outside of marriage, they think they're copying marriage. They are not. That is why they miss the blessing of marriage. That is why there are troubles that come along when people cohabitate. Marriage is not two people living under the same roof. Marriage is two units that become and exist as one unit. That's what we're finding here in just this phrase. For the husband, what it means is this. You're not living your life, and your wife is out living her life. It means you're not living your life, and your wife is, for some reason, tagging along while you live your life, maybe for moral support. It does not mean you're living your life, and your wife is hindering you from living your best life. There's folks that think that. Well, the old ball and chain dragging me down. That's not what it means. No. You, y'all, are living what has now become one life. 
That is the institution of marriage. That is the design of marriage. That is the plan of marriage. Y'all are now living what has become one life. That is a marriage. That is God's plan in marriage. So, the instructions for the husband. So, for the husband, your living, your life, your living now coincides with her also living her life. Now, what that means is this, husband, man, as you live, you care for her. As you live, you protect her. As you live, you provide for her. As you live, you lead her to grow in Christ. As you live, you lead her to honor Christ. You love her as you live. You serve her in the same way that you would for yourself. And that's the thing. Your living now coincides with her. You're not going to separate it. And so you do those things in the same way that you would do those things for yourself. Paul says in Ephesians, the way that you would tend to yourself, the way that you would care for yourself, you now tend to and care for her. That is what a marriage is. So now in verse 7, it says, in the same way you live to honor Christ, in the same way you live to point to Christ, you now live with her. Do you see that picture? Here's the mission to honor God, to honor Christ, to point to Christ in the same way that you did that in some other way. You now do that as you live with her. That is God's plan for marriage. Then it says this, in an understanding way, in an understanding way. Now, I'm afraid, and I, I'll just tell you, I believe we probably miss the meaning of this. As we read this, as folks have taught this and preached this, I think we miss the meaning of this. I think this, I think this is the most important part of our entire discussion last night and tonight. It's that big. I think we're missing it, but I think this one phrase here is the most important part of our entire discussion. It says, in an understanding way. Now, when we think about that, we think that means in a sympathetic way. It may be a caring way. I, I get it. I live with you, and I sympathize, and I understand. And so I live with you in an understanding way. Here's my wife, and, and I'm, I'm going to live with her in a, in a caring, understanding way. Well, listen, it's way more than that. It actually translates according to knowledge. According to knowledge. So here's what it reads. Live with your wife according to knowledge. Now, that really changes everything. Live with your wife According to knowledge. Now, stay with me. Our knowledge does not come from the world. Our knowledge doesn't come from our feeling, does not come from our understanding. Our knowledge does not come from the experts out there somewhere in the culture. Now, friends, the world speaks like it knows something. And you listen to the world, it acts like it knows something. The world speaks authoritatively like it is right. 
especially when it comes to the subject of marriage. If you want to know what a marriage is, if you want to know how best to live in a marriage, go to the culture, go to the counselors, let them inform you. But the reality is, listen to me tonight, the only place to find truth, the only place to find knowledge is from the giver of truth, truth himself. It is from God himself. Now, I want you to see what that's saying. We are led by the word of God. We are informed by the word of God. How we live is by the word of God. And so how we are married, you guessed it, is based upon the word of God. Where do we get our knowledge? The word of God. Where do we get our information? The word of God. Now stay with me. This is where the problem comes in. Husbands, you cannot be the man that God intends you to be apart from being committed to the word of God. Husbands, you cannot be the man that God has intended for you to be, created you to be, apart from the Word of God. And you cannot be the leader of your wife and the leader of your home in the way that God intends and not be fully devoted to the hearing and the reading and the studying and the knowing of the Word of God. I'm going to tell you tonight, and it's hard to say, and I'll tell you, it's, it's even tougher to hear, but it needs to be said. Here's the problem. Husband, if you run a tight ship, and you take care of your wife, and you take care of your kids, and you do all the stuff, you're, you're better than most of those guys, what they're doing, you take care of all the stuff, and you protect your wife, and you guard your home, and you love your wife. Listen, if you do all of those things, and yet you are not grounded in and standing on and operating according to the word of God, you are failing as the leader of your home. You're out of God's will. If you don't know the word of God, and if you're not studying the word of God, and if you're not bent on trying to obey the word of God, and if you're not trying to apply it as you live and, and leading your wife in it and teaching your kids in it, you can do all of the things, all of the things, and you are out of the will of God. You are failing as the leader of your home. That's hard to hear. That's hard to say. And I want to tell you, we've lost that today. That's how we got where we're at today. We do not expect that today. We need that today. We come along last night, we tell our wives to submit. The Bible calls them to submit. And I want, I want to know what is she submitting to if it's not a godly leader? She's submitting to nonsense. What is she submitting to if it's not a Bible-led husband? It's a self-directed, selfish husband. That's tough, I know. Here's the deal. So start today. Start today. We hear that and say, man, I'm off track. I've, I've messed that up. Here's the deal. God will forgive us. You ask him to forgive, he'll forgive. His way is still best. He's excited to encourage you in that, to empower you in that. I want to tell you some of you, he brought you to hear this message tonight so that you could draw a line and walk with him. He's not trying to crush us. He's not trying to discourage you. He has blessings for you. Listen to me. The best thing to do is say, God, forgive me, but don't let me stay like this. And we're going to start today.
The verse goes on, and it says, As with someone weaker, as with someone weaker, since she is a woman. That's what it says. Now, I want to drive down a couple things right here. Now, I could go deeper here. I was thinking about this. There's, there's probably four or five things, maybe more, that I could pull out of this. But I want to reinforce two things out of this part right here. The first thing is this. It's crazy we have to say this, but here it is. There are differences in the two genders. That's the truth. There are differences in the two genders. Now, listen, you can resent that, and you can get upset about that. You can try to disprove that. You can deny that, but that is the truth. There are differences in the two genders. Now, I looked up that word weaker. As with someone weaker, maybe there's a bigger meaning. I don't know. I, I, I looked up that word, as with someone weaker. Here's what it means. Here's what it literally means. Weaker translates weaker. That's what it actually translates. Weaker. As with someone, I wish there were, it says weaker. Physically weaker. Here's the deal. Women as a whole are physically weaker than men. So the husband addresses any issue that her physical weakness might be a hindrance. You're living as one unit. She is weaker. There's a difference in the genders. And so any issue that might, be, that might come up that her physical weakness would be a hindrance, you address that. Let me give you some examples. Hey, there is a ferocious 200-pound dog across the street that just ran in our yard. You don't push your wife out the door. Hey, the piano just fell on the cat. You don't say, baby, when you get some tea, pick up that piano. Now, again, listen to me. People always want to hold others sinfully down. And that's happened in the church. And that's happened with the misinterpretation, uh, misappropriation of Scripture. I want you to be very clear what it doesn't say. It doesn't say that women are less than a man. It's not what it says. It doesn't say that women are not as needed as men, not as important as men. It doesn't say that women are not as smart or creative or reasonable as a man. It does not say they are inferior to men. Here's what it says. If we're going to break the lug nuts down on the car, I'm going to have an easier job than Carrie. That's what it says. So the first thing is this. There are differences in the two genders. Now, let me say this, and that is a blessing. That is God's plan. That is an awesome thing. That is a wise thing in the design of God. All right, second thing we get from this is, is this truth here. In God's wisdom and in God's goodness, and in God's creation, and in God's plan, and for God's blessing, and to result in God's grace, listen very carefully, a marriage is one husband, a man, and one wife, a female, a woman. And I want you to know tonight that is not changeable. 
that is not negotiable, that is not redefinable. It's here in this seventh verse. There's some folks that will say, well, the Bible is unclear here. No, the Bible is not. They'll say, well, the Bible is set to a specific context. And so this is not here for us. Some others would say that the Bible needs to be updated to a modern practice, a modern understanding. Folks, be sure, listen to me tonight, that is counter to the truth of the Word of God. God says the way that you cohabitate is in a marriage bond. God says it is one man and one woman in a marriage, and that is His plan. Is that hurtful to say? It's going to make some folks upset. Is that hateful to some? Here's what I want you to be sure of. The truth is where you're going to find joy and peace and goodness and happiness. And our world says we'll change the rules, we'll redefine it, we'll do what we want to do, and all it does is breed disaster. The truth is where you find joy and peace. Listen to me. And to not speak the truth is evil. We live in an evil day when preachers won't speak the truth. We talk about all the evil out there. I want to tell you the evil that resides in pulpits is there is a truth that leads to peace and to avoid a conflict. People are silent when it comes to the truth. That's all in one verse. Isn't that crazy? It's still going on. It says this, And show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life, and show her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life. Now listen to me, Satan divides. Satan incites division. Satan breeds pride and jealousy on both sides. But here's what God says. He says he is and she is equal before God. He is and she is in need of the same grace. He is and she is saved by the same faith. That's the gospel that we hold to. Therefore, listen to me, they hold the same Savior. They hold the same salvation. They hold the same position with God by faith in Jesus Christ. They hold the same destiny and destination in the person of Jesus Christ. I thought about that song, Joint Heirs with Jesus. As we travel this sod, same need for a Savior, the same grace shown in the person of Jesus, the same position and destiny by faith in Jesus. The last part of the verse says this, so that your prayers will not be hindered. What does that mean? So your prayers will not be hindered. What does that mean? It means this, this is a big deal. God sees and God knows, and husband, you are to live with your wife seeking to honor God and seeking to point to Jesus and leading according to the word of God, and to not do it is a sin. We act like, well, it's an extra thing, it's a good thing, it's a a good place to be, and listen, to not lead your wife to honor God To point to Jesus Christ using the direction of the Word of God is a sin. Now, let me tell you why. What hinders our prayers? You can look at Scripture. What hinders our prayers? Even as believers, it's unconfessed, 
undealt with sin. What distances us from God, even as believers, is undealt with sin. And so here's what the verse is saying, to not lead your home according to the word of God and for the glory of God, husband, is a sin. I thought the church would do it. I thought somebody else would do it. I thought she was doing it. To not lead your home for the glory of God and the direction of the word of God is a sin. We're about to shut down. Listen, this is not here to crush you. It's not here to crush me. It's not here to break our spirit. Now, I want you to go back to the context. Peter is writing to stir people up. He's writing to remind them of the gracious truth we have in the word of God. He is writing to encourage them to stand. And so I want you to hear, this isn't that we'd be crushed. It's not that we would walk out of here mad or with our feelings hurt. This is so that we would live in the way that the best is still ahead. In the midst of hard times, the truth is, the truth is our gracious remedy. Here's what we do with this. We're, we're going to move on tomorrow night. Here's what we do. Men, women, husbands, wives. Maybe you hear this and you need to seek the forgiveness of God. Here's the good news. He gives it to us. If we'll confess where he's failed, he'll forgive us. He's faithful, righteous, and just to forgive us of our sins. Maybe we hear this and we need to say, God, forgive me. Maybe we need to say, God, restore God, renew. God, pull me back up. God, redirect me. And then I want to tell you this. We can draw a line right here tonight. And we can place our hope in the Lord. And we can trust his plan. We can cling to his goodness. And he will bless it. Best thing to happen, I don't care what your age, what your situation is, to walk out here and say, God, I've messed up some stuff. Forgive me for that. But God, on this 14th night of the revival, God, Lead me to your truth. Help me to have a new commitment to your truth. Help me to stand in your truth. All glory be to Christ. Let's pray. During Father, we come, and I'm thankful for your truth. And I'm thankful that you don't withhold it from us, not trying to trick us, not trying to see if the mess we get in, but you tell us. And the Lord, I pray that we would be faithful, that we would be trusting and we would take it as truth and so i pray for the ones listening here those listening in a different way that we would understand you have a plan in marriage and you have a plan for the wife in the marriage and you have a plan for the husband in the marriage you have a plan for the home to produce godly kids in the marriage through the marriage lord help us to submit to that help us to be speakers of that truth help us to lead other generations to that Lord, we come tonight and we, we tell you, we do mess up. We waste time. We get off track. We're self-directed many times. And so we ask that you'd forgive us tonight. We also ask that you'd empower us. And I pray, Lord, we leave here with a not a crushed spirit, but an excited spirit, ready to serve and to walk, to learn and to grow and to lead. Again, for your glory. Lord, I pray the fruit of this again, you'd be known. You'd be pleased. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close with a time of response, a time of invitation. And I want to tell you that the point to every one of these messages is the same, that folks would see Jesus. 
that they'd see Jesus in how you live. They'd see Jesus in how I live. They'd see Jesus in our marriages. They would hear Jesus in this sermon tonight. Listen, the hope of the gospel is this. God loves you. In our sin, we've broken our fellowship, our relationship with him. But in his grace, he's made a repair, a remedy in the person of Jesus Christ. He has died on the cross, paying the penalty for your sin and for my sin. It is settled. It is finished. Nothing needs to be added. And in his love, he offers it to every person, every sinner. You'll turn to him. If you'll trust him as your savior, he will save you. They put him in a grave. He's dead. The price is paid. Three days later, he walks out of that grave. He stands as the risen Savior, the hope for sinners. Trust him tonight. He'll save you tonight. Turn to him tonight. He'll forgive you tonight. Maybe you're here and you're hearing this and and you're saying, you know what, I've messed up a whole lot of stuff. You know what, tonight the remedy is still the same for you. Turn back to Jesus. Turn away. Repent from sin. He will bless it. He will empower it. He will use it for his glory. Maybe you're looking for a church home, want to give you an opportunity as well to come and say, I want to unite with this church, Calvary Baptist Church. I want to serve here till Christ comes back. I want to hold this banner up together till Christ comes back. Maybe you need to follow in believers' baptism. Sunday morning we're going to baptize. Maybe you need to say, I want that testimony to stand for me. I want to testify to what I believe of Christ. You come. We'll set a date. It'll be a great day of celebration. Maybe on this night you want to come pray to an altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you want to pray there where you're seated. I'm going to ask that no one would stir around, no one would head for an exit, but that you would pray for those who are making decisions. So we stand and sing. If you have a decision to make, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here.